Welcome to Crump Insights, exploring timely life insurance and retirement planning topics for today's forward-thinking financial professionals. In this episode, end-of-year planning strategies for producers will review timely topics to help you and your clients. I'm Brian Bushlack, your host for this series and an active life insurance producer. Joining us, Lillian Vogel, JD and CFP, Director, Advanced Sales at Crump Life Insurance Services. And Lillian, thanks for joining us. You know, clients know they should get the annual checkup with their doctor, but they don't tend to think about an annual review with their financial professional. What are some of the reasons that financial professionals should meet with clients for annual reviews? Well, a lot can happen in a year. Of course, there's life changes, there's job changes, marital changes, deaths and births in the family. And then there's also product changes over time. Clients, they might become interested in additional features like long-term care or chronic illness riders. And in some cases, they might actually be able to uh, lower their premium or get more value for their premium compared with some older policies. In addition, they might also have health changes. And sometimes that's better. Like, let's say they quit smoking a couple of years ago. They might be able to get better rates now. Or on the other hand, their health might have gotten worse, in which case it's super important to make sure that they don't let their policies lapse. And I would say, finally, anybody who's got a loan on their policy or maybe hasn't been paying premiums and is letting sort of the policy pay its premiums, that's really important to do an annual checkup because the accumulated interest on a loan or automatic policy loans can end up causing a policy to unintentionally lapse. And uh, this could have a lot of uh, consequences with tax liabilities they're not expecting and losing the protection that they need. So it's very important for those clients in particular to be doing annual checkups. Yeah, if you've got a large life insurance policy with premium financing involved, you've definitely got to be reviewing that at least every year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the loan is part of the policy itself. Sometimes the loan is separate from the policy and being used to pay for the policy. In both of those cases, very important to do annual checkups. Now, what are the steps financial professionals should take during an annual review? Well, first of all, they need to do thorough fact-finding with their clients. So make sure you know exactly what policies they have, including those that were purchased with some other financial professional. When were they purchased? Have the clients had major changes to their life circumstances or their goals since that time? And then regardless of whether they had some major changes in their life, just making sure that they understand uh, their present goals and resources and, and what that looks like today. One of the things that can be helpful, there's a lot of emphasis these days now on uh, making recommendations in the best interest of the clients. And that's a concept that we mostly see outside of the insurance field. It's more of a asset management kind of question. However, in New York, that 
best interest review also applies to life insurance policies as well as annuities. And there's a specific list of information that in New York, you should be every time you're doing a review or selling new policy, you should be looking at these factors. And so whether you're selling in New York or not, it can be helpful just to kind of look at that list to make sure you're not missing any important factors that you should be talking about. Okay, good point. So, yeah, and that's just the first step. (laughs) After that, you know, step two, when you start moving forward, once you understand where the client's at today, um, you want to get enforced ledgers on their permanent life insurance policies. And that can be a little tricky sometimes, You, uh, especially if you are not the writing agent. You're going to have to work with your client about them getting an enforced ledger or maybe making you the broker of record. Also check on the status of term policies, find out when their fixed premiums are going to expire. Step three then is to educate your clients about these policies. Because even once you get this information in, a lot of times, particularly those enforced ledgers are difficult to understand for the non-insurance professional. And so really walking them through what these numbers mean, um, having them understand what the protections are that they have, what the values mean, what kind of future premiums to anticipate, and what are the guaranteed and non-guaranteed elements. And also just making sure that they understand why is it that this enforced ledger changes all the time. So these projections that they're looking at are never going to be exactly the same numbers that they see down the road in the future when we look at the policy again. So help them understand why that is. And then also, if there's a loan on the policy, really need to educate them about the tax consequences of different methods of disposing of the loan. Step four is then evaluating whether there's any changes that need to be considered. So when you look at their goals and you look at the enforced ledgers, comparing them, there's basically four different outcomes. One is that the policy is still great, don't have to do anything. Number two is that the policy might be in danger of lapsing in the future based on the current assumptions, but it could be salvaged with some minor modifications. Possibility three is that the policy really no longer meets the client's needs and expectations, and then it would require some sort of major renovation or probable replacement with a different policy. And then number four, which we don't tend to talk about as much in the insurance field, but it's actually important to consider, is um, either in the case where the client no longer needs or wants as much death benefit, or maybe they've got a very problematic policy, but they're not able to replace it because they now have impaired insurability. They may be able to sell the policy to a life settlement broker for substantially more than its cash value. So that's another thing to keep on the table for consideration. So you want to discuss with your clients which one of these categories their policy falls into. And if changes or replacement appear to be warranted, you want to discuss those possible solutions, set 
reasonable expectations and and find out what the client's preferences are for moving forward because maybe two or three of these um, different categories are possible uh, responses. Step five is going to be following through on addressing whatever needs are uncovered in that evaluation. If it was in great shape, just schedule another checkup in another year or two, depending on whether it has a loan on it. Just keep checking in, make sure things haven't changed. For those policies that need modification, you're going to want to re-illustrate the policy with the recommended changes. Make sure the clients understand and are satisfied with that new situation before they submit any kind of policy change. If the policy needs a replacement, you can work with the Crump sales team to help you identify the carriers and products that can provide the best fit for the client's needs, goals, and underwriting situation. And also our sales team will facilitate the application and underwriting process. And then finally, for life settlements, if that might be the best situation for them, Crump now has a partnership with the Asher Group. And uh, when you bring a life settlement case to them, they will split the commission and they do all the work. So that's a pretty nice option that uh, just recently in the last few months has become available also. What are the consequences of not monitoring your client's financial and insurance well-being? Well, of course, underinsurance can have devastating consequences for their loved ones or their business that they worked so hard to build if they should pass away unexpectedly. Or, you know, that's the aspect that we usually focus on in the insurance industry. So very important just to make sure that they have all the death benefit that they need. But beyond that, um, if enforced policies are not monitored and they end up lapsing, you really stand to lose unhappy clients or even face litigation liability. If the clients did not feel that they were adequately informed about their risks and their options at the time you sold the policy or at the time that the policy lapsed, uh, particularly if you are the broker of record at that time, then you know they could try to seek some sort of financial compensation for you for not doing your professional responsibility. So definitely want to make sure that they are very well informed about these policies and about what they're buying or what they can do when a policy is reaching the point where it's about to lapse. And then on the other hand, you could have clients who maybe their policies just aren't optimal as they could be for them. And some other advisor talks to them and they show them a better solution and then you've just lost a client. So those are all really good reasons to be continuing to monitor your client's policies. Hey, Lillian, I want to ask you about timing. You know, year end can be pretty crazy for a lot of people in a normal year, not to mention this year, but what is it about year end that makes that a good time uh, to do this evaluation? There's a few different things. So for one thing, um, open enrollment for employer provided benefits is going on usually in about the November timeframe. And so people are really thinking about, you know, whatever employer provided insurance they have, who their beneficiaries are, 
what are the kinds of things that can happen in life that they need to insure against. And so while that topic is on their mind, that's a good time to be talking about this. In addition, they may be planning gifts to family members and charities at the end of the year. And it's a great time to talk about what's the best way to leverage those dollars. Another thing, they have a better sense of what their final income and taxes will be for the year and what's going to be left over for long-term planning purposes. But, you know, this year, it's been a crazy year, but in some ways, I think it might be a little bit easier to talk to people about planning at the end of the year because people are not traveling as much over the holidays this year and parties are canceled and things like that. So it actually creates some more space to think about the big picture for the loved ones that they're missing right now. And I would say finally that it can help your clients with setting their new year's resolutions related to financial security to be having the conversation at the end of the year. Yeah, good point. Also helps with uh, everyone familiar with Zoom now, you know, don't have to necessarily come in the office, maybe you do a Zoom, right? And uh, Absolutely. You know? Yep. A lot more convenient. Are there best practices that we can establish, kind of playing off what you just said, you know, we want to make this easy for mm-hmm. not only our clients, but ourselves. What would you recommend from a best practice standpoint to make this routine and really as easy as possible for the client? Well, I think for the advisor who already has an existing insurance base, you want to start with doing an inventory of your enforced policies that really need that reevaluation. So if you're prioritizing, if you don't have time to contact every one of your clients every year. Of course, there's focusing on your clients who are, you know, sort of your your A class clients. But in addition to that, you really want to look at policies that are older, particularly those past their surrender charge period. You're looking for policies with loans on them, regardless of how old that policy or that loan is. You really have to watch those for lapsing or needing modification you're looking for your clients that you know have had a major life change recently, such as marriage, birth of children, divorce, or death of a family member. And then also I would recommend dividing up your clients into A and B years for biannual checkups. Um, For those who don't have the loans or the major life changes, you can probably go two years on them. And so have your your year A and your year B people that you check in with. And then when you contact those clients, just find out who wants to conduct a review. It's not actually like going to the dentist where, you know, you, you necessarily always have to do it, particularly if they don't have a loan on the policy or something like that. Make it fun. So, just tell them you want to hear what's happened in their life since the last time you did a review and make it very personable. And for those who do indicate interest that they do want to catch up with you, do set the expectations appropriately when you schedule the meeting. So one thing you might want to consider doing is taking that five-step process that I just explained earlier in our conversation and summarizing that in the email confirmation of setting up the meeting so they know what to expect there. Yeah, that's good advice. Manage that expectation. Mm -hmm. While I have you, um, 
what are the top issues we should be focused on, I guess, as advisors right now? What's top of mind? Well, again, always want to make sure that the client has enough coverage for their needs and their goals and that you're watching those policies with the loans. But for some more current issues, the low interest rates are both good and bad for various purposes. And it is definitely putting stress on insurance companies and certain types of policies are a lot more impacted by the low interest rates than others. So really look at if that's putting stress on the policy's ability to stay in force. Another thing to be looking at is the ownership of the policy. So right now we have a very high estate tax exclusion. It's scheduled to be $11.7 million per person. So twice that for a couple if they use portability before they owe any estate tax. And so most people are not thinking about, oh, you know, if I have a a $3 million life insurance policy, for instance, that's going to put me into the estate tax realm. And so I need to put it in a trust. Uh, You know, there's just a lot of people who are very comfortable who don't need to put their insurance policies in a trust right now. But that exclusion is scheduled to get cut in half in 2026. And with the changes going on in Washington right now, and the need for revenue, because there's such huge deficits due to the pandemic, there's a a pretty good likelihood that they're going to bring that exclusion for the estate tax down sooner than 2026. So if you've got those people who are kind of more borderline who, you know, say are worth, you know, three to five million, something like that, take a look at the ownership of their policies and start considering whether they need to have a trust that's going to own that policy, because probably by the time they die, that's actually going to get caught by the estate tax otherwise. So that's something to be paying a lot of attention to right now. And then also business succession planning. Ownership is very important there, too. A lot of people are thinking about potentially selling or transferring their interests in closely held businesses sooner rather than later, also because of anticipated higher taxes in the future, or maybe their business is worth less right now because of the pandemic. And so, They don't have to use up as much of their gift limit in order to transfer it to their children. So as they are considering making these changes with their business ownership, you want to make sure that the life insurance lines up with those plans, uh, that it lines up with the buy-sell agreement, if there even is a buy-sell agreement, and that the right person is owning the policy and the right person or, or entity is the beneficiary so that that all works together as intended. And Lillian, the only thing that's constant is obviously change. And maybe talk about current issues that make the review particularly important now, maybe more than previous years. Yeah. So I already mentioned insurance companies are under a lot of stress from the low interest rates right now. Um, And then also there's some policies where market volatility is an issue. So we want to be looking at 
how that's impacting the value and potential future premiums required to keep in force policies. Another issue that's come up a lot this year is concern about elder care in the home. And so uh, a lot of people are interested in what are the options to have riders on life insurance policies or hybrid products that will address those needs for in-home care. Another interesting thing to consider is charitable contributions. This year, as a special tax feature, you can deduct up to 100% of your income for charitable contributions. So this is a really good year for people to consider recognizing capital gains and offsetting that with planned gifts. And again, life insurance can be a good replacement for wealth that you would otherwise pass along. So if you're giving uh, large donations to a charity, you may then replace what you want your family to get with life insurance. And that tax cut you get from those donations can help pay the premiums on that life insurance. Another new law this year is the SECURE Act, which was passed last December. And among other things, it basically eliminated the so-called stretch IRA. So if your client wants to pass along assets from their 401k or IRA to their children or grandchildren, using distributions from these types of accounts to purchase life insurance has always compared favorably to inheriting these taxable accounts, at least for healthy seniors who can qualify for the life insurance. But the end of the stretch IRA only increases the incentive to consider using these accounts to purchase life insurance instead of making the children or grandchildren the beneficiaries. So take a look at these qualified account beneficiary designations. And if the beneficiary is not a spouse, but a younger generation, this would be a strategy worth considering. I will mention, you know, I I talked about considering putting life insurance in a trust and how important that can be if you're on the cusp of uh, owing estate taxes, especially if the limit goes down, if the exclusion goes down. One of the things to keep in mind is the Obama administration had actually made some proposals that would make it more difficult to transfer a life insurance policy that had gains on that policy into a trust without recognizing those gains. That never actually got implemented in the Obama administration, but now that we're looking at his former vice president becoming the president, and a lot of these things can actually be done just by regulation without even involving Congress. So even if the Senate still stays in Republican control, there's a lot of things that the new administration could do to limit some of these tax-advantaged planning opportunities. And so now is really the time to get that done in terms of setting up the trust the way you want them, making the transfers of ownership as soon as possible in case Uh, the Biden administration comes along and and changes those rules. And that's no longer an an option, you know, a year from now. And Lillian, while we're on that topic, uh, I know that many clients and advisors are already 
planning ahead for what could happen with the next administration. It sounds like it's it's imminent. Um, what should we be doing when it comes to these changes in terms of taxes, life insurance, and planning? That's a great question. Actually, just today, the Think Advisor published an article of mine called Preparing Clients for a Quick Estate Planning Pivot. And we talk about some different techniques for setting up trusts that would own a life insurance policy as well as other assets and how to create flexibility so that you can react to different changes in the tax laws as well as market valuations and things like that. So I hope folks will check out that article. It's in some ways geared towards helping move the conversation forward that is a joint conversation between the client, the financial advisor, and the attorney of the client. Because whenever folks need trusts, uh, that obviously needs to be written by an attorney uh, who knows the local laws. But it's important to all kind of come together in those conversations so that they can be coordinated. While we have you, maybe give us some tips on generating referrals during this review process. Obviously, you're back in front of your client. It's a great time to potentially maybe get a referral, right? Yeah, you're looking to go beyond your existing client base, um, who are the ones that you can actually be reviewing what they already have. But as you're having these conversations, you can be asking them, now, who do you know who is doing well right now, despite these difficult times, and that they may be interested in doing some planning to insulate their finances from future tax increases or from possible personal tragedies? I think that's a good way of, of framing the question as you're talking with your clients. Thanks to Lillian Vogel. Director, Advanced Sales at Crump Life Insurance Services for joining us. Crump Life Insurance Services, a leading third-party distributor and service provider of insurance and retirement products, is part of Truist Insurance Holdings Incorporated, the seventh largest insurance broker in the world. Crump supports the distribution of life insurance, annuities, long-term care, linked benefits, disability, and health products with the industry's premier sales and back office support and technology services. Marketing under the following brands, Crump, Truist Life Insurance Services, Risk Rider, Telus, and Time. Source, Business Insurance Magazine, using 2019 brokerage revenue generated, 2020 issue. For financial professional use only, not intended for use in solicitation of sales to the public. Not intended to recommend the use of any product or strategy for any particular client or class of clients. For use with non-registered products only. Crump operates under the license of Crump Life Insurance Services Incorporated. Arkansas license number 100103477. Products and programs offered through Crump are not approved for use in all states. Copyright 2020, Crump Life Insurance Services, Incorporated.